0: Today on CityCast Chicago, we at the end of the week, so you already know what that means. We're going to do a little weekly rewind, and every week we bring in two voices from across the city of Chicago, and this week is no different. From the Chicago Tribune, I got Jake Sheridan in the building, and the Chicago Sun-Times transportation reporter, Manny Ramos. It's Friday, September 2nd. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is City Cash Chicago. Manny, Jake, good morning. Welcome to CityCast. Good
1: morning. Thank you for having us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: Before we get into the, the, the rewind, we've been asking our guests recently what neighborhood they live in and what's a spot in their neighborhood that they really cherish, whether it's a local park or a local restaurant or even a mural you like to check out. Manny, what's your neighborhood and what's your spot?
1: Yeah, so for a long time, I was actually up in the Belmont Cragen, which is this neighborhood on the far northwest side. Uh, I recently just moved, like about two months ago to the Dunning neighborhood, which is a little further northwest on the outskirts of the city. So I'm still getting to really know uh, this community. Um, But for a long time in Belmont-Craigan, I used to love going to Reese Park. It's this sort of like huge park with a pond that you can just simply run through the tracks or ride your bike. Um, Just a really wholesome place that that I I really enjoyed visiting uh, on my weekends and things like that, just to chill and relax.
0: Nice, we doing our neighborhood guys Series, and we're gonna pop up to the northwest side next week., uh, Jake, what's your neighborhood and where's the place you like to visit?
2: Yeah, I'm in Wicker Park, and uh, my spot is the basketball courts here for sure, okay. Uh, I'm there a couple days a week and they're nice because they're they're kind of short, so you can shoot from anywhere and you don't have to run too much. so it's it's a pretty sweet place.
0: That's what's up. Uh, When you out there, is it mostly twenty ones, or is it always enough people to like run fives out there, and you gotta kind of wait your turn?
2: It's so small that it's like threes and fours. Okay, but uh, people run a lot of thirty two too. Hey man,
0: but shout out to parks. In the last couple weeks, I didn't got to go to Ridge Park over in Beverly. Been I was at Douglas Park a couple days ago with Natalie Frazier. Man, they they such a, a a huge part of the city, and I'm glad so many people got connections to their local parks. Let's jump into the weekly rewind. And so Manny, I want to start with you. What's that story that you were working on this week?
1: Yeah. So the top story uh, for me this week that I've been really covering and have been covered for better part of over a month now has been the underground car scene in Chicago. Uh, It's this scene that really has taken control of the city. I want to say this summer, but has been a part and entrenched in the Chicago car culture uh, for decades. Right. Like I remember my uncles being a part of this sort of car scene in the 80s and 90s, right? And then when I was in high school in the 2000s, 2010s, I would go to these sort of like circuits where you see these sort of like fast little Honda Civics sort of like racing down the street, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But now it sort of has taken a a shift a little bit into the kinds of cars that are there. And it's not really as many uh, drag racers, but more so as amateur stunt drivers where they are pretty much just doing these, large you know um donuts and drifting yeah, and, the and these car wow yeah yeah coming you know inches from from hitting folks and you know some folks hanging out the windows and, and out the doors and i really understand the um the aesthetics of it especially if you are a very young person who's into cars it's got that need the, for speed hoppers c2 type for sure it does it. and you see these, you see these cars man that like so they wrap their cars in these really unique colors there's like this lime green Dodge Charger, for example, that really just pops and you have this guy wearing a lime green mask and like the the, the underlighting kid. So the aesthetic is there, but obviously it comes with a lot of legal issues. Um, the city has really started ramping down on these meets because of how disturbing they can be. You know, residential folks really don't like staying up to three o'clock in the morning because they're hearing a, you know, a Hemi engine revving outside their window, right? So Um, It's really become a problem where the city council is trying to sort of crack down on these car meets, um, and it really hasn't had any success, right? And this last weekend uh, was this large, one of the largest meets the city probably has had in in recent years where they brought out cars from 14 states across the country, and it was a scene, um, to say the least. There was clashes with police officers. Um, as well as some cars finally being pounded. Um, and some folks were locked up also in the process for, for, for doing what they were doing uh, when they clashed with the police. Um, so right now, the, you know, there's, there's also taking some measures in the General Assembly. Um, you know, uh, LeSean, uh, Representative Lejean Ford is out here trying to pass some legislation that can actually bring some, um, you know, some charges with them uh, for participating in these meets.
0: Yeah, And when we talk about these, the underground car scene, these street takeovers, they're across the city. The one from this past weekend you mentioned was down in Morgan Park, but we didn't see yep. these in Irvin Park. We didn't see them on Laura Wacker. And, you know, they're disturbing for people, not only because of how loud they are, but we talked about safety issues. A, a person yeah. was, I, I think, hit and in, in injured or in a potential drifting accident recently. What's real crazy to me is seeing that, like, traffic is literally stopped at different intersections. Is I had imagined that you would see these like maybe further out in the bone docks, away from traffic, at maybe a time of day when not many cars are passing through. Is this new to see them like really just stopping traffic, even though they're at night, but you know still on busy intersections?
1: I think it's new in Chicago. Um, okay. I don't think it's as new as it is in like in California, for example. Typically, these these uh, car meets in Chicago, they were happening in you know off of Dottie Road. You know they're like happening in these very like um, secluded areas, um, where they can just simply race a quarter mile, you know, maybe two or three cars go, uh, before the police come break it up and then everyone scatters and, and waits out and hangs out to the next spot, right? Like, but these are intersections that are being shut down in the middle of downtown. Um, these are intersections that are happening in residential areas, um, where we, you know, for example, where, uh, buses aren't able to pass through on, on either side, but just sitting there waiting at a stop because, you know, you have these, these, um, You know, very powerful cars is spinning in circles and out of control.
0: Jake, I got a question for you, because I know you wrote about it this week. Right. On one hand, the city council is talking about taking measures to stop this. On the other hand, the mayor is announcing she, the city officials and NASCAR are going to shut down streets officially next summer uh, around Grand Park to essentially race cars through city streets. Has there been any have you seen any momentum increase in the underground car scene based on that news coming out? And people been like, oh, I mean, it seems like it's cool for somebody to do it. So why not us?
2: You know, I, I haven't seen that myself. I have gotten a couple of emails from readers asking, you know, why can't we build a facility for people uh, to do this safely? One thing that stuck out to me this week was Superintendent David Brown was talking quite a bit about how. Uh, He's thankful for uh, people posting social media videos of these events. And he's planning to use those videos to identify cars so that they can be impounded. And I wonder if that'll lead to less people posting about uh, these these car meetups and uh, maybe kind of taking some of the wind out from them. The excitement around, you know, sharing what's going on online. Yeah.
0: Again, I don't want to understate that how dangerous this could be at intersections for spectators, for people who are out there.
1: To to Jake's point regarding like having like a designated pit, right? Like when he talks to a lot of these guys who are performing these stunts, they would like to have an area where they can perform these these sort of like stunts, right? Like, but I, I'm not sure exactly the regulatory process and how that would come about. I, I don't really don't see these guys stopping posting on social media. Social media um, is the driver of these the scene um, it, it, it really is and then to another point regarding license plates and regarding citizens posting it via social media a lot of these license plates are fake they're fraudulent they're not real they're made up or they're covered or just completely removed and when we talk about cars being identified if you have a Dart charger who has this sort of wrapping of a lime green color like i mentioned earlier and they're using a plate. They can easily just take that wrapping off, put a different wrapping on it, and then have a correct license plate. So it's not Back as easy as, as as you know, police are indicating that they're going to be able to crack down on these because they're on social media. No, it, it really isn't. It's not going to... They know the game. They, they're exactly. organizing multi-state they, these guys, meetups. These guys this are is, not... This you know, is legit
0: in its own people way. People
1: want to call these guys knucklehead. They want to call them dumb. They want to call them this, that, and the third. But... The way that they're moving, I can I can tell you it is very, very methodic and very, very smart in a lot of ways. Jake, I
0: want to get to your top story today. Um, And it's a program that's been running at the Chicago Public Library. Can you catch me up on it?
2: Yeah. So uh, Dr. Arwoody announced earlier this week that uh, in 51 libraries now across the city, uh, Chicago Department of Public Health has. Set out Narcan uh, for people to take, and so Narcan is uh, a medication that helps fight against overdoses uh, with opioids, and and that's important. This week, uh, Wednesday was Overdose Awareness Day, um, and you know it it really stuck out to me a couple of days ago when Dr. Arwiti said that overdoses kill more people in Chicago than cars and guns combined. Um, that's huge. This is a, a huge, huge issue in our city. Um, but Narcan can really, really help fight against those overdoses. So people can just walk into uh, a bunch of different libraries across the city. Uh, the Narcans set out in boxes and they can take it and they can go. They don't have to ask any questions. Um, you can just walk in and grab it. Mm-hmm. And so far, the libraries distributed 783 kits. So each kit has two Narcan devices in it. Um, And that's for anyone. That's for people who might be using drugs. It's for people who know folks who are using drugs that they might overdose on or, you know, who want to take it with them when they're on a night out or something like that.
0: Yeah. And and the use of Narcan or uh, Naloxone um, is, you know, people can accidentally mix too much wine with their medication, and not know that those things mix, and Narcan can save their life. They could take too many Percocets accidentally, or overdose on heroin. Like the the range of the number of reasons why uh, naloxone or Narcan can be necessary for intervention. Uh, but I, I was not aware uh, until earlier this week that you know overdoses have that large of a disparity. Um, but but it really is such a, a, a huge thing going on in our city every day, and it's not looked at with the the same level of focus as, you know, uh, gun deaths or or even even traffic deaths in that matter. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patients' smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent, I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting-edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, You can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S., they got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Manny, I'm going to kick it back to you. What was the story you want to
1: make sure gets a little bit more attention this week? Texas Governor Greg Abbott recently just shipped out um, about I think sixty or eighty migrants um, from Texas to Chicago and uh, sort of what feels like a a very obviously everything he does is reactionary and xenophobic, but I want to say more um a, a more of a political stunt given the fact that you know he's up for reelection um, in, in the coming months. Um, but really it, it's an, it's an interesting to see the legality of it, right? like the fact that you can just ship eighty people uh from one state to the other state and then uh like you know figure it out chicago um
2: and we saw what was happening uh in new york um in washington dc and we immediately knew if 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 the pendulum swings in our direction we need to be prepared so conversation started several weeks back i would expect that we will see more um and yes this is um not something that we budgeted for but it's something that we must do
1: Interested in sort of seeing how Chicago responds to this, how well these migrants are taken care of.
2: Um, this is a humanitarian crisis manufactured um, by a cheap uh, politician, and we are going to make sure that whoever comes to Chicago, um, that we're going to take care of them, and that they are going to find shelter here.
1: So it seemed like there were folks there from the city there ready to receive these people, um, which is nice. Um, and the majority of these migrants apparently were from Venezuela who. Uh, migrated here uh, for various reasons. Yeah.
0: I mean, reading the stories uh, from some of these migrants talking about the 30 or 40 day treks uh, that they made to get uh, to this country. Um, Jake, what was an underhyped story or what was something this week that you wanted to draw some more attention to?
2: This week was the 67th anniversary of the murder of Emmett Till. Um, And that's been in the news a lot this year. Uh, In March, the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act was passed. Uh, That made lynching a hate crime in America, finally. Um, And, of course, uh, a grand jury chose to not indict Carolyn Bryant a couple weeks ago. I know y'all talked about that here on the show. Yesterday I spoke with uh, Reverend Wheeler Parker Jr., who is uh, Emmett Till's cousin and was his best friend. Um, And he was speaking to uh, DOJ prosecutors, um, civil rights prosecutors downtown. He lives in Chicago. He lives in Summit, Illinois, and he told me that uh, he got choked up while he was speaking to the prosecutors, and that that doesn't always happen, but uh, that this is still something that's really hard for him. That's, you know, a, a personal loss that he feels. It's not just a historical item. This is something that. Uh, the, the brutality of American racism is something that like so many people still feel and, and will continue to feel in our country. And I just think that we, we need to meditate on that a little bit more.
0: Yeah, the anniversary of Emmett Till's death was August 28th and the anniversary of, of his funeral, uh, which, you know, lay bare images that have been seen around the world time and time again. Um, and, and we all, I always want to give credit to maybe Till uh, Emmett Till's mother, who had the the courage um, to to be a force after her son was brutally murdered in Money, Mississippi. I think it's also really important for people to know that you can still talk to his cousin, his best friend, one of the last people to see him alive. So to just to remind you that this is not, as you said, in the history books hundreds and hundreds of years ago, this was in the lifetime of, of my grandmother uh, and, and my great grandparents. Uh, and it's a story I, I grew up on uh, being told since since the age of, of 12 and 13. Um, And and, and so I'm glad that we continue to pay tribute uh, to his life moving forward. At the end of every one of our shows, we like to leave the listeners with some good news to get them through the weekend. That could be an event. That could be a story you read, something happened in your life. But just some positive good news uh, for the listeners. Uh, And Manny, I'm going to go with you. What was your some good news uh, to share with CityCast this week?
1: Uh, Some good news, I guess, just... um Really quick, if I could just mention that I, I absolutely love the new HBO House of Dragons series. Uh, so just looking forward to that as, as we come into the weekend.
0: Hey, it made, it made the dread of Sunday nights going into Monday work uh, a lot less. For it, real. It gave you something to look forward to at 8 o'clock at Sunday night. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, so that's, that's something I always look forward to, especially when we get to Thursday and Friday. But um, a, a feel-good story that I read that I, I think everyone should check out um, is about Leroy Archibald's, uh, life and how it was saved by pickleball. Uh, for those who don't know, I didn't know, but pickleball basically is sort of like a combination of tennis, badminton and ping pong. Uh, they use sort of like this whiffle ball like thing, uh, to, to play tennis across basically. Um, but this, this man basically, you know, was battling, um, addictions to drugs and alcohol Um, And, you know, a couple of years ago, he checked himself into a center to to rehabilitate himself and to kick the habit. Um, And, you know, one day, you know, he was at a Southside rec center and he just sort of fell in love with this sport. Uh, So recently there was sort of like this big Chicago pickleball tournament that was happening. So these group of pickleball players from Chicago are trying to expand on pickleball courts in, in the Chicago Park districts. Right. Apparently it's one of the fastest growing sports in the country. Uh, and they want to expand on that to the park districts. And and I just love, I I absolutely love that story. The fact that this guy overcame this, you know, he's a retired mail carrier. And one of the big things I fear I about the way, the best way to kick any kind of addiction is to find something that's positive to be addicted to. Um, and the fact that this man did that um, and now is trying to sort of lead the way uh, to bring in, uh, this this sport into everyone else's lives, I think it's fascinating and fun. Mm.
0: Shout out to Archibald and shout out to all the players who are going to be at the uh, the Chicago Open up in Highland Park. Uh, apparently, they playing for 50 racks. and so, Yeah, uh, a lot of money know, on the live for sure. Yeah, so you know, shout out to them finishers. Uh, but no, that's a really good story. I'm so glad you brought some... Uh, some shine and some some good news to the pickleball community. I'm sure there's probably a few people listening to the show who's wondering if we'd ever say that on the on the uh, <laughs> on the pod. And, and and there you go, there you go. Shout out to the pickleballers, uh, Jake. What's your some good news to the people this week?
2: My good news is that monkeypox cases seem to be plateauing here in Chicago. So last week, uh, Chicago's top doc Allison R. Woody, who's definitely been on here. Uh, She said she was cautiously optimistic that cases were going down, and this week, uh, fourth straight week of cases dropping in the city. And she said it's happening because uh, people, especially in the gay community, have gotten vaccinated and have been mindful of the disease. Um, And this is really, really good news. This is not over, uh, as as Dr. Arwoody said. Uh, Chicago needs to keep testing, keep getting more folks vaccinated. People need to continue to be aware. Um, but it's it's really good news because the big spike that we saw in the beginning of this outbreak isn't happening anymore. So uh, here in Chicago, we still have appointments available for vaccinations this Saturday. You can go online to the CDPH's website. There are appointments at Malcolm X like all day Saturday. So if you need a vaccine, go get a vaccine. Um, yeah, that's good news.
0: For sure. I mean, we've been covering this. Illinois is over a thousand cases. Illinois, uh, Chicago is over 850 cases. But it's good to see that things have slowed down. I believe last we reported there were 39 new cases um, over the last last week and uh, and so, again, we're encouraging people to get vaccinated. The mass vaccination sites in Chicago will pivot back to COVID-19. And so let's remain vigilant in our, you know, push against COVID-19, against monkeypox, against the flu. If you feel sick in any way, I hope this pandemic, these last few years have taught you, you know, if If possible, prioritize your health, stay home, isolate or quarantine for as long as you can and take proper precautions uh, to keep the people around you safe. Uh, My some good news this week. I talk a lot about roller skating. It's because something I love to do is what I grew up with. Uh, My family owned the roller skating rink for a while. So working in one was my my high school years Uh, in the legendary rink on 87th Street, Avalon Park is finally opening back up today at seven o'clock for a kid and family. Family Skate has been closed for the last uh, seven or eight months undergoing renovations. I heard they worked on the floor. They put some new paint in there, got a new carpet in there. Uh, so I'm going to be back. I'm going to be in the building with my skates for this grand reopening. Shout out to Ramona and Curtis Pouncey, the newest owners of this rink that's been around since uh, since the 1970s. Uh, it's such I a huge don't. staple in the Chicago roller skating community. Do either of y'all roller skate or ever been uh, been, been to a roller skating rink in Chicago?
1: When I was a kid, we used to go to Rainbow. I'm not sure if you remember Rainbow, but we uh, mm-hmm. used to go there all the time. It used to be a lot of fun over there. I know like at a certain time, it turned into like an under-18 like club for kids, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, it, it was a good time. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I try, but I fall. I fall every time.
0: <laughs> hey, I think we're going to do a skate lesson episode soon. I think I'm going to get <laughs> me, my mom, the city cast team... We're going we to try and get a little skate lesson episode for people. Because I'm out here telling people I roller skate, but, but I don't want them to really think that it's something that is like, like run of the mill. Now, I'd be out here skating, skating. Like I'm So you'd be, like, you be crisscrossing while you're rolling gee, backwards type thing? Rolling backwards, like ninja sweeps. Like,
2: Can you like dance <laughs> while you're yeah, doing it?
0: I, I, the whole... <laughs> The whole shebang back. Like roll bounds, <laughs> ATL, your... nothing, nothing on what me and my brothers, my mother. No, we we a different breed out Chicago skaters is the smoothest. And we're a part what's of what's
2: your roller skating playlist?
0: Oh my god. Anything James Brown, um uh uh, uh Kendrick and the Family Soul got some of the coldest tracks. Um, I love a good backwards skate, so like some Anthony Hamilton a good get things going, but like Man, when you hear a horns from, from James Brown, the payback, it means it's time to get out there hey! and do your thing. we got, got to
2: pay back. pay back. Revenge.
0: Jake, Manny, it, I really appreciate y'all both stopping by City Cash Chicago today oh, to break down these stories. From Chicago Tribune, Jake Sheridan. From the Chicago Sun-Times, Manny Ramos. I hey, I appreciate y'all so much, man.
1: Appreciate you for pay having us. Back. Thanks
2: for having us. Payback.
0: Before I let you go, I want to put a couple of events on your calendar for the extended weekend. You got the Taste of Polonia, the largest Polish festival in the country, taking place in Jefferson Park. There's Fiesta Bariqua, a.k.a. the Puerto Rican Fest in Humble Park. And the African Festival of the Arts is back for the first time in three years at Washington Park. If that's not enough for you, we got more in our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. I got to give a shout out to the people who make CityCast Chicago possible. That's lead producer Carrie Shepard, producer Simone Alisea, newsletter writer Sydney Madden, the people who make our music, Sam Thousand, All the Kimonos, and Mark Greenberg of the Mayfair Workshop. And of course, I want to thank you. If you want to give me some of your neighborhood guides, the things you like to do, eat, and see in your neighborhood, reach out to us at 773-780-0246. If you leave a voicemail, we'll probably make the show. We're off Monday, but we're back in your inbox on Tuesday. Talk to you then. Peace.